Chapter Twenty Six of Hagar's Daughter: A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hagar's Daughter: A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice by Pauline Hopkins. Chapter Twenty Six. The evening of the eventful day that made Jewel Cuthbert Sumner's wife closed in heavy and sombre. The hearing had the expected ending, and Sumner was held for trial in the following September, before the grand jury for willful murder. The evidence was circumstantial, but damaging in the extreme. It showed exclusive opportunity for reasons unknown, but it was whispered about town that the girl had been an unwedded mother. Added to this was the knowledge of the broken engagement between the prisoner and Miss Bowen, and the fact that Miss Madison had at one time been affianced to him, and it was expected that she would be called by the prosecution to show the fickle nature of his relations with women. At seven o'clock in the evening of that same day, robed in black velvet, Jewel paced restlessly up and down the floor of the library, sometimes pausing to listen to sounds from without, sometimes approaching the window and trying to pierce the gloom the dinner-bell rang for no matter what our grief or how dark the tragedies which are enacted about us meals are still served and eaten just as if the hearts assembled about the board were never wrenched nor broken the points brought out in the evidence were soon making their way about the city and excitement and interest grew momentarily sumner smiled in bitterness of heart he hardly knew himself in the picture drawn jewel sat in an obscure corner of the audience-room of the court heavily veiled and listened to the testimony with a heart bursting with indignation each moment the load at her heart grew heavier they both realized at last that this was no child's play but a struggle to the death sumner clenched his hands and registered a vow to spend his fortune if necessary to clear his name for the sake of the dear incentive the thought of whom warmed his heart and made him bold to meet impending disaster the two ladies took their accustomed place at table each secretly regretting the absence of the senator with him at home dinner was wont to be a festive meal where laughter and wit cheered the household or chance visitor a dismal air hung over the room now the servants moved to and fro with unaccustomed solemnity the mother and daughter addressed each other seldom, each was buried in her own thoughts. Presently both rose from the table and passed into the library, where coffee was served. After the servants had retired and they were safe from intrusion, Mrs. Bowen broke the silence that brooded over them. She had watched Jewel closely all through the meal, studying her looks, thinking over her words, and striving to arrive at satisfactory conclusions at length she said quietly now my dear you have told me next to nothing nor have i asked seeing how pale and tired you are but i must talk with you about this marriage i fear you have been very rash my dear i positively dread your father's return dearly as he loves you he will be very angry after a pause she continued clasping and unclasping her fingers nervously oh the talk there will be when this affair is known why didn't you consult me child i could have devised some way of helping the poor fellow without requiring you to sacrifice yourself i am disappointed in cuthbert sumner 
do not use the word sacrifice mamma i am glad to have the right to stand by cuthbert in this dark hour and why say anything to you of our intention no one can blame you now besides we have agreed to say nothing at present about the marriage but your whole life will be spoilt if he is found guilty mother said the girl sinking on her knees by mrs bowen's side don't despair it will all come right in a little while i am sure it will and you have always called yourself his friend even when i was against him you cannot believe him guilty you are too just in your judgments mamma jewel was kneeling in the full light of the glowing fire the ruddy glare fell on her white face and the plaits of bright hair wound closely around her small head mrs bowen sighed as she gazed in admiration at her daughter the great gray eyes glowed like diamonds but there was a world of passionate anguish in their depths the flower-like mouth was compressed with the intensity of the pain which filled her breast again mrs bowen sighed and moved uneasily in her seat yes but this is so different a man accused of murder how so mamma is friendship in sunshine so different from friendship in shade there was sarcasm on the delicately chiselled features what a champion you are jewel once perhaps i should have acted and felt as you do but now mamma now my child i am of the world worldly do you think papa will be very angry asked the girl with trembling lips after a short silence we can expect nothing less he is too fond of you to hold his anger long however i shall stand with you jewel if it is any comfort for you to know it i am glad 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 that you cannot marry general benson jewel marvelled much at the strange look on her mother's face as she uttered these words my dear mamma and the two women embraced each other then followed another silence broken by the elder woman what impression did you receive from the evidence i mean apart from the conclusion drawn by the jury a quiver went through the girl as she replied i was confirmed in my belief in his innocence although everything seemed to point the other way really a madison's evidence was against him she gave the impression that he came and went at her beck and call she is false to the core a dangerous woman i agree with you mamma but her beauty blinds men i dread her influence on the jury there is no soul there nothing but sensuality soul there is no need for soul in a woman's beauty for it to dazzle most men was the bitter answer i marvel much over the matter it seems to me there is something incomplete in the case something to be explained that poor girl i can see no reason for murdering her she may have been killed by mistake that is scarcely likely cases of mistaken identities are common enough it is a mysterious affair i hope it may be cleared up without any delay i hope so added jewel murder will out there lies my hope for our success in tracing the murderer what does mr henson say not much we have had no time to talk he has hardly got to work yet but he told me to keep my courage up and that he thought he should be able to throw some light on the dark points of the story he has talked with cuthbert 
before mrs bowen had time to reply the lace and satin portiere was pushed aside and venus advanced toward them with a solemn and awe-stricken face what is it venus asked mrs bowen regarding her with surprise please mrs bowen she said hesitatingly senator bowen oh papa is come cried jewel in delight no miss at this point general benson's well-known figure appeared in the entrance mrs bowen jewel he exclaimed as he hurried toward them i am the bearer of evil tidings senator bowen was taken ill in new york and we have hastened to bring him home as soon as it was possible to move him have a room prepared instantly the ambulance will arrive almost immediately before another hour had elapsed the great hush which is the shadow of the grim visitant whom no earthly power may shut out had fallen over the bowen mansion the servants walked with noiseless tread and spoke in whispers senator bowen was ill until death he had been suddenly stricken down by a shock the washington delegation had been tendered a banquet at a famous new york club and a hilarious time had been enjoyed the new yorkers had outdone themselves in catering for the amusements of their guests senator bowen had enjoyed himself hugely along in the early morning hours a servant passing the door of his room had caught the sound of someone struggling for breath within entering he beheld the senator lying on the bed one hand pressed to his heart the other hanging inert his eyes were wild his pale countenance lined with purple marks the man went for help and soon medical aid had rendered all the relief possible as soon as he could make himself understood the stricken man urged them to take him home after the first burst of grief mrs bowen and jewel took up their places in the sick-room along with the trained nurses each looked at the other in awe and consternation over the awful suddenness of this event surprising events had followed one another rapidly the past few days they dared not think of the next cruel blow that fate might deal them the doctors and nurses came and went softly the hours drew out their long anxious length at the close of the third day the sick man fell into a heavy stupor from which the doctors said he might rally probably would and he might linger two or three days longer but the end was inevitable should he rally he must be kept quiet and on no account excited his heart was weak mrs bowen undertook to see these instructions carried out jewel pale and distressed shared her mother's watch she was in agony her love for her father was strong deep and tender she was his idol and he was hers and until she met cuthbert sumner she had always felt that if he died she should not care to live another hour she could never remember his having been cross to her in his whole life in her eyes his very faults were virtues at midnight mrs bowen persuaded her daughter to go and lie down keep your strength my child there is much to go through if your father wakes i will surely call you one alone she drew her chair to the fire and sat there in shadow watching the face of the silent figure on the bed that looked so ghastly in the light of the shaded light it was very still the tired nurses in the next room dozed events long past returned in full force and pictured themselves vividly before her inner senses how kind this man had been to her how much she owed to his love and care 
and now the hour had come for her to lose a protector who had never failed her wealth she might have but it would not supply the tender deference and loving solicitude of wedded life that had been hers she shuddered at her thoughts why did the past haunt her so persistently presently she found herself weeping softly there are brave natures women's perhaps more often than men's which bear up in a sea of adversity and present a bold front to the buffeting winds of life's uncertainties and sometimes these brave natures find a safe haven for their frail barks mrs bowen was one of these she had never known trouble save by name since she had met zenas bowen some twenty years before and now behold she is confronted by a very tempest of sorrow in the midst of her reveries she was startled to hear her own name pronounced estelle it was senator bowen who spoke in an instant his wife was at his side dear zenas you are better she said cheerfully yes my brain is clear i have been watching you estelle where is jewel in her room i made her lie down do you want her poor child let her sleep his eyes roved restlessly about the familiar room it is good to be at home so good yes but you must not talk drink this and sleep she held a soothing draught to his lips lifting the powerless head in her arms with all a mother's tenderness he drank it obediently and then lay back on his pillow and a satisfied look of peaceful rest overspread his pale features he held his wife's hand in a nerveless grasp we have been happy estelle you have been a perfect wife i have left you well provided for them rascals got some of it but not the whole of it by derned sight zenas ain't such a fool as he seems a gleam of his old fun-loving spirit was on the pain-worn face if jewel marries the general no zenas she interrupted then she stopped remembering the doctor's caution but the sick man did not grasp the significance of her words his mind wandered no you don't general my little girl shan't be forced i her father say it when where and who she likes that's my idea i tell you no then he looked at his wife with fast glazing eyes and said the little hair trunk tell her no difference just the same feebly he raised his arm his wife knew his desire she placed it about her neck then he drew her head nearer a soft light radiated his features my faithful wife he whispered the cold lips touched her cheek zenas zenas exclaimed estelle with a burst of emotion as she kissed the chill brow there was one long-drawn breath the distracted wife sprang to the bell and rang a peal that brought the nurses hurrying in senator bowen is worse she cried wringing her hands helplessly the nurse bent over the bed then rising said senator bowen is dead madam again washington society was stirred by an unexpected calamity among its leading people interest was heightened because of the close association which existed between the bowens and the chief actor in the bradford tragedy 
the ill-starred trip of the delegation that had started so gaily on its canadian mission was the talk of the capital End of chapter twenty six